0: unexpected musical talent. This man, of course, is the incredibly gifted accidental musical savant, Derry. Derek that was some intro I'm honored and excited to have you on the show we talk a lot about alien life here and you are about as close to having someone on from another world as we could hope
1: for I'm so happy to be your first alien you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> totally good with that definition I'm <laughs>
0: <you>. <laughs> oh good now um, am I correct in saying that you recently returned from a trip to
1: Paris Am I getting I, that right? You know, I wish it was a month ago, but it was uh, it was like a year and a half ago. Oh, right. Pre-pandemic. Feels okay. like it was, you know, a month ago to me still.
0: Well, since nobody went anywhere this past year, our memories probably don't even count the last 12 months.
1: I, I dreamt of going there all my life. It was like, for some reason, I thought I had to go to this romantic place. And, so uh, was
0: it a working vacation? I had the feeling you were interviewed on a news channel or a talk show or something there.
1: It was a whole, like, nine days of, of promotions leading up to this event with, like, the most um, prestigious gifted people in the world. I mean, there was a panel of, like, I don't know, 14 people, and it was a, a multi, it was an all-day event, kind of. It was several hours long
2: wow. uh, at, the, at,
1: the, uh, at the Paris Grand Rex and it was sold out and you know and I was so nervous because I was like I don't think anyone's going to show up to see this kid from America and I you know that hit his head and geez I walked down to the venue instead of taking a ride and I turned the corner and there was a line of people and I thought I was going to get sick <laughs> oh, dude you're a superstar yeah. no I'm not I was just lucky enough to be included on this amazing panel and um So, yes, it was a working, and it was a promotion for all kinds of different organizations that came into play. So, I was doing constant interviews with magazines and television, and um, it was really, the whole trip was absolutely amazing. Everything.
0: We're even more honored than to have you here on our show. Um, That's
1: kind of you to say thank you, and it's my pleasure
0: we have listeners in about 14 different countries currently and uh about three percent of those listeners uh outside of the u.s are in france so so
1: you're gonna ask me to speak 14. yeah years. yeah go ahead <laughs> please
0: just parley vue front say all you'd like um
1: uh, dude i speak hippie and um english i guess
0: <laughs> well hippie's a universal language so we've got all the bases covered <laughs> so while you were there were you compelled by the Parisians to perform like to actually play piano or were you able to
1: I was able to I mean it, it, this I've already you know my head injury was 14 years ago so I've been performing musically and speaking for the last you know 12 of those 14 years and Paris you know everything I've done up to Paris that was like the grand illusion for me and um so they invited me over to i got to do both i got to do like a storyteller set where i got to talk and play so i got to perform during so of course i picked this amazing french pop star this beautiful young lady and she joined me on stage to sing the single that i had released with mandy harvey from america's got talent you 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 remember the um mandy is a deaf jazz vocalist And, uh, so Mandy and I had released a single together and, and I got to do that same song, um, with the French girl, uh, this amazing Joyce Jonathan, and she just tore it up and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a work thing, but to me, it felt like an entire vacation. So, (laughs) you know, they, they, they have beautiful food, which I was just, I can was continually eating. And um, walking, I love to walk around and see everything. I'm fascinated um, with with it all. And I got to go to Notre Dame to service like three times while I was there, right before the fire, actually. And um, yeah, the whole trip was bizarre. And nine, I think it was nine or ten days long. And it was so far one of the highlights of what I've been so lucky to do. I kind of uh, want to do it like every other day. So I hope they call back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you live there if you could?
1: Yes. The answer is oh, a, a very quick guess.
0: Uh, my my sister has been wanting to take me there for years. She always, she goes every now and then. I don't know if it's a regular trip, but she, uh, she does, uh, interior designs. So she goes there for all the, right. you know, just to see what's available in the rest of the world, you know? Of course. And, and so, uh, she's always, uh, threatening to take me and,
1: uh, um, you know, it's, uh, make it, make it a bucket list thing. And you'll want to go back. I mean, my experience and I, and I think they treat me just like they would treat anybody else. You know, I mean, I did have a team of people that assisted, you know, for everything I got to do while I was there. So, but I don't think that made a difference on how I was treated as a person. They were, they were kind and delightful and all that fun stuff, loving and catering. And it was just fascinating to see the different culture and the the beautiful language and the food and more food. And <laughs> more food, right? Pretty people and more food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you have an amazing story and a life that can be gingerly described as somewhat accident prone. Um, do, do you mind telling? This story of your accident briefly again to our listeners in your own words?
1: I don't mind at all. Which which one do you want? Number seven? Number four?
0: Well, the transformative swimming pool incident that started your whole wild ride.
1: Um, I was on visiting my mother in the Midwest where I grew up, and we got together just with a couple guys I had grown up with since, I don't know, junior high, high school, and longtime friends we were just horsing around and we, we went down to the pool and we were doing backflips off the side of the pool into the water. You know, we were just being deuce. And this kid walked in with a football and so we started throwing the football around and one thing went to another. And I said, throw it over the water and I knew I could run and jump and just kind of roll in as I caught it in the air. And I uh, apparently I misjudged or miscalculated the depth of the shallow end, which I knew I was diving into the shallow end. I just thought I could deal with that. And uh, that was a complete failure. And I smashed the left side of my face and head and came up out of the pool. My memory is still weird about it. And you know, I, I, I've been told this story by Bill and Rick hundreds of times in the last 14 years. And I've told the story hundreds of thousands of times. Right. Um, so. I mean, there's parts that I, I'm kind of programmed to say because I tell the story and I, I try to tell it a little differently, you know, each time in some kind of fashion to keep a, a new listener curious of the human potential, et cetera. But I mean, you can only define it really so many ways, you know? Um, so I, I, I came up out of the water and I remember I couldn't hear anything and everything seemed to be moving slower than slow. And I could see their lips saying something, but I couldn't make anything of it. And apparently, I went back underwater. And you know, I've I've been a prankster since the time I can remember. You know, maybe since I was like four or five.
0: They thought you were goofing around. Everything's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt.
1: Yeah, they thought I was just pulling their chain. And and um, I, I guess I popped out of the water again and i i remember kind of touching my ears thinking my i could feel it it felt like my ears were bleeding and they weren't it was just water you know running off me but i was pretty whacked out and I, i started i remember barely kind of going towards the edge of the side of the pool and then they dragged me out and i guess they dragged me down to bill's apartment and i collapsed again and went unconscious for just a second or two on the way to the apartment. And, uh, you know, like everybody else that hits their head, I, I said, Oh, I'm fine. I feel a little, little sick to my stomach or like I have to puke or something for a minute. And I was a little foggy. Like I couldn't remember why I was visiting anyone. And I thought I was in Arizona for spring baseball training. And so I was, I was certainly in a different area. So I refused to go to the doctor or the hospital, so they took me to my mother's house, and as soon as we walked in the door, she said, let's go, because she knew I was the mom. I mean, moms know this stuff. Right. And I, I don't even think I had to talk. I think I just looked weird. I looked out of place and pale and whatever, beat up. Yeah. And So she took me to the emergency room, and uh, they they didn't find any bleeding, and it basically looked like I just kind of got hit by a Mack truck. And I got a little black and blue under my eyes and they let me go that next morning home. And I kind of just slept for like five, I think it was five days. Straight? Yeah, I mean, I, I woke up. Oh, okay. But I don't really recall any of those moments waking up. I just remember I slept a lot. I don't You're just trying I to
0: heal anything. probably.
1: Yeah. And um, on that like fifth day, I called Rick, the guy that was with me when I had the accident in the pool, and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm just I'm starting to snap out of this. I think I'm about ready to go home to Denver. So he said, I'll come over and pick you up and we'll say goodbye. And you know, I was still pretty pretty goofy at that time, five days out. I was still a little not quite sure what had happened. So we went over to Rick's house and, and he had this little tiny apartment in this big old house. And there was this little tiny old dusty keyboard sitting in the corner and he immediately went to his guitar. He's been a guitar player since we were kids. And turns it up really loud and starts playing. And I remember saying, dude, that's I can't take that right now. My head's not quite right. And that hurts. That it's too much. And um I was staring at that little keyboard the whole time and so I, I walked over to it and he turned it on for me and i just sat down i just felt like drawn to it and i i, I just felt like i gotta go turn it on and you know i've tinkered, I've, i've played that's,
0: that's the curious part to me is that that attraction that you just somehow
1: oh, knew it was like it was like uh um it's that energy that it's there's no questions asked i mean i just knew right. Right. So I, I, I went over and sat down, Rick turned it on, and and I just, my hands started playing fluid. God. And like crazy stuff. And I was like, okay, this is different. Matter of fact, I, I don't even know what to say. And, you know, I've known Rick forever. And and he was raised in kind of a, kind of a strong Christian family, and he, he grew up a pretty good kid. Um, <laughs> and... He said, he, he kind of just started tearing up at the very moment, you know, and I didn't even know what to say because I felt like I was on another planet. I truly, truly, speaking of aliens, man, I thought I, I had, uh, I was still in this little space because I think I went somewhere else to, when I played the piano, it freaked me out to a point where I think I was just kind of numb and nothing else was really, equating, except for that musical, those, those black and white squares that were, you know, ringing through my, my vision. Right. So, you know, I, I, went on to play for hours. We sat there and I just played and we just kind of talked through it and laughed and, you know, he teared up, I don't know, a couple times throughout the few hours and it was the craziest moment. But, well, put, the, put
0: yourself also in his shoes, Derek, that he's never seen you do this before and this i mean when i heard your oh yeah he he was floored the little bit of music i've heard that that's it's not so much your story that got my attention it was the little scraps of music i've been able to hear that got my attention and then that made me realize that made me listen to your story because the music is coming from somewhere it's like a direct link it seems to me to heaven or something it's just like it's channeled I don't hear that kind of music in a normal everyday life. So I was like, what is this?
1: It gets your attention, you know? I think it's abstract kind <laughs> of stuff because I think I struggle kind of sorting what, what my mind's eye is seeing because I see these black and white squares that go around and around 24 hours a day, nonstop, even when I'm sleeping. So I struggle with this nonstop constant composition when the other side of my brain wants to write my own structured music and there's this fine line between what I like to use that my other side's composing. And and, and, and it's hard to explain because I'm not composing just a piano at the moment, I'm composing every single instrument in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an entire orchestration. So it's it's millions and billions of these Notes that are flowing through this these these blocks basically, and I don't hear it. I feel it through this kind of pulsation. It's almost if I were to tell you, think of your your veins being electric and just kind of having those little pulsating little light little dots just flow through it like uh, all day, every day, ten billion times a minute. That's kind of what it feels like to me. So I'm composing all these other items when I just want to focus on one little instrument and compose my own stuff. So I have a a vault. I'm kind of a, I, I guess I am a hoarder of my work. I don't share a lot of it. And a lot of it is craziness because I like to experience and dabble with other instruments. And if you put me in a studio with, you know, five, six, seven different instruments, I'm, I am in habit. And it's uh, i probably wouldn't come out for months matter of fact i don't come out for weeks at a time when i'm working on material but it's never um i think as a as far as being a savant or an acquired savant on the other side of the synesthesia side that that kind of adhd or that ocd-ish type of habit comes with arrangement musically which means the end result is as a performing artist, I'm never quite happy with the end result because I know or think it can always be better. if No matter what I finish, right. I, it's, there's always that, that question mark of, you know, what can I, if I take the violins and do this, or let's <laughs> let's throw congos in there, or matter of fact, let's let's put a chime in at the end, or let I me, mean, it just goes on and on.
0: And right, you can never, uh, works are always... Artists think, are always I think that way. All artists are that yeah. way.
1: Painters, musicians, mathematicians. I, I think the equation is unsolvable. Right. And I think I appreciate that chase. I, I think I love that grind of in search of the perfect composition or musical piece, you know?
0: Right. I mean you look at Michelangelo who just walked away from these amazing half-finished sculptures. He's just like, you know, he just had too much going on and could never get to the finalization of some of them where, you know, he felt like they were good enough to be complete, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. But, um, uh, I was going to ask you about your, uh, your automobile accident recently, but I'm just going to skip ahead. Um, we may come back to that, but, um, I mean, I've, I've long been fascinated by savants and, particularly uh, such as in your case, the acquired savants, you know, due to the sudden magical and mystical nature of the phenomenon, you know, savants are many times associated with some form of autism, however, you know, but, but acquired savants like yourself can be associated with head injuries and, you know, typically a head injury. Um, do you feel that the results of your injury can, can be compared to autism in any other ways? Do you feel otherwise debilitated by your injury, either socially or with other mental
1: impairments that you can describe? That's a really great question, and I I, I, I hope I have a good answer. I I'm fascinated I'm really fascinated with autism, and I think there's been this amazing and profound connection with some autistic children uh-huh. that has been consistent since my accident and i've so i have become so fascinated with this and you know we've done all kinds of experiments and putting me in the, uh, a group of autistic children and recording reactions and it's it's been an incredible journey so i've become really fond of this this area of of study and research and and efforts, and I love uh, the idea of music therapy and support a couple of organizations that do that, specifically with autistic children. Um, I, I think there are some things that probably go on in my everyday life that could possibly, and, and you know, I've discussed this multiple amount of times with different doctors, and I do have some habits that have increasingly become more visible in my daily habits. I, I tend to have everything in order all the time for, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's not to where it's interrupting my life, but if you followed me around in a normal day, you would notice that my clothes are hung in colors. They are, my business clothes are in order, they're all white, and then the blacks and the grays, and and then my t-shirts all go from black to white to red to blue to gray. And it's just, it follows these specific patterns that some would say would possibly be on the, uh, you know, on the spectrum, I guess. So, You're
0: scaring me now because I have all my T-shirts arranged by color. Yes. <laughs> you know?
1: Yes. And I think many of us. I think we share a lot of those. And 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 I don't like to define much because I like to be curious and just allow myself to think that the human potential is grand, and I'm just exploring my story. And and to be able to to discover others is, is kind of the treasure at the end of the day, you know? Right. So I, 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 as far as autism goes, I, I think I do have some funny little tendencies that some could maybe put me in that label, I guess. Right. Uh, it doesn't bother me, uh, mentally, emotionally from the accident, you know, at first I dealt with, uh, the hearing, the loss of some hearing on the left side of my, Yeah. My left ear and you know that was kind of difficult to kind of get used to and i had to wear a cap for a couple of years to kind of balance out the noise of 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 life and my my other ear balancing it was just challenging all the way around and i've kind of acclimated to all these new adjustments that t- took place during that you know that two three years after my accident right so I'm, i think i'm a little more comfortable, I think. Well, I know I am. I'm way more comfortable, um, I guess, as Jason, my, my my best friend, business partner, and confidant says, you know, we're at that stage of celebrating my gift rather than defining it. Oh, and, okay. Wow, that's, that's a great way to look at it. And I keep that in my pocket at all times because yeah. you know, for, for the first few years, some people throw some rocks and in stones and they personally kind of hurt your heart and it takes you a minute to adjust to that um, when you're in kind of uh, a visual presence of the media or what have you Um, and you have to adjust to that rather quickly because you can't allow it to hurt you even though it does for a minute
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, you mentioned working with autistic kids i i ran across a statistic while researching your case online i I thought it said that one in ten autistic kids have some sort of special gift, like they're 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 not just autistic. I mean, there's something that they
1: do that's exceptional. Right. It, it, did you know that? Yes, I did. Uh, um, isn't that that's you, just incredible to me? It, it's whether it's mathematical or, right. or it could be music, it could be painting. There's there's something in there, and one in ten, it's statistically. I was aware of that. Um, Dr. Treffert, who passed away recently. Um, he, he kind of became my confidant, you know, and he was the, the foregoing guy on the studies of savant research. And he did all the advising for the film Rain Man. And he was just the most amazing human. And, um, so he kind of helped step me through this process when it first started. And I was, I was very lucky to have that, that friendship and, um, that guidance, because it's, it's pretty weird for a few years just trying to get a grip on what's now happening. You're, you're just a different person, and you kind of have to build upon that new presence, you know?
0: Right. Now, he just passed away in, was it uh, December, mid-December yeah, think, of this mm-hmm. past year? Yeah. Like, just a couple of months ago. Yeah, it was. But a... it must have been nice to have that sort of, you know, he's basically an an expert, as much as you
2: could oh, find on the subject, He was, you
1: know? he was the, the, just wise and um, gentle and loving. Basically, he was like the dad to, to all of us, uh, kind of like uh, what he, savants and, and kind of the kind of the ringleader of the circus, man. He was, <laughs> he was the, he's like the king of kings to me.
0: Well, it's yeah. one of the most fascinating subjects, you got to admit, and I mean. For him to be right in the center of it, and I'm sure he was lucky to have all, all of his patients, subjects, friends—you know, all yeah. the people that, like yourself—that he's uh, got to deal a, with.
1: Such a special circle of people that that surround him that right. he just had a part of, and that's that's pretty darn incredible.
0: Yeah, the only other acquired savant that I could find quickly was was Jason Padgett. Is it pronounced P-A-D-G-E-T-T? Padgett. Paget. Okay, I thought yeah. maybe it was French or something, but um, Paget. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he he acquired amazing mathematical abilities uh, through a head injury, and yeah. uh, then of course the the Rain Man himself, Kim Peek,
1: who yes. died in, ni-
0: in 2009, I guess. He was known as a mega savant.
1: Kim and, was a uh, he, Kim was like a prodigy or a, a born savant, and and probably as far as i know like one of the most gifted or gosh that guy was just loaded with with <laughs> with giftedness i don't know I mean, how it, else to say he
0: every, was, everything he could memorize basically everything unreal and and, and worked at it you know
1: but I don't remember uh, two minutes ago I,
0: well don't feel too bad there's a lot of people in that camp myself included but uh <laughs> as far as you know kim had Uh, developmental disabilities related to congenital brain abnormalities so uh, you know though he had exceptional memory he was you know if you saw the movie Rain Man you understand it had to be a tough life for him
1: that's a solid point you say it was kind of a struggle because I think it was probably easier for him than we Uh realize, and I think it was probably harder for the more hard for the caretakers that's what I see is you know I'm pretty blessed that I have a a family and and friend support system, and I think that's what it is all about, really. Because I feel pretty good, and you know I'm lost and a little goofy and a little whacked out at times. But I think it comes down to that that surrounding circle of people that surround some of these other gifted people.
0: Yeah. Well, you you present well, uh, Derek. Well, so thank you. I mean, that's you, so you're, nice you're saying. That's really I
1: mean,
0: cool. you—you, nice I mean, no one would know that you banged your head and are a prolific pianist. You know, if, if you didn't know. tell if them. So nice
1: to me watching me twitch, you would probably say differently.
0: Oh really? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, no. I didn't mean, no, I didn't mean to kid. I'm,
1: I'm messing with you, man. You okay, know? okay. I got thick skin, I, my friend.
0: I don't want to step on your toes. <laughs> no, but, um, you won't. You, <laughs> you know, another uh, just a a. a, a what would be called a prodigious functional autistic savant with Asperger's syndrome was Daniel Temet. Now he lives in France. Did you happen to meet up with him while you were?
1: I have not met Daniel. Uh huh. I've met Jason, and I've met Tony Dubloy, and I've met uh-huh. Rex Rex Lewis Clark. Um, Rex is something. He is, in my opinion, like well, Derek Perovichini right now is like the top of the list to me. Right. Um, and he's the blind piano player he's a savant right. and and but Rex Lewis is something beautiful on a, a brand new level i think and he's young and we you know when he's when he's in his 30s 40s this this kid is going to take over everything he does he's so incredible um, yeah, he's he's something special. So I got to meet a handful of these people. Oh, good. And then I got to meet Jason. The, that was the first time I got to meet another uh, acquired savant, and that was on the Dr. Oz show. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, wow. that, was, that was a super cool experience.
0: Now, your trip into uh, to Paris—were any of those people involved there? N-
1: no. I think I was the only. Yeah, I think I was the only American on the on the schedule or cards card. It wasn't a boxing event. Um yeah, I think I was the only American.
0: Okay. But was it savant oriented or was it just general it was.
1: It was kind of, you know, you could yeah. group you could group, I suppose, everybody in there to savant in some way. They oh, okay. I mean, what do you call a guy that can stay underwater for you know i don't know how long it is but it was longer than i've ever heard of or even seen possible by a human and he walks on the bottom of the ocean it's for long <laughs> amounts of time really so to me that's got savant <laughs> character
0: right um yeah.
1: and then how about the guy that can sit and go out of his body and literally leave his body in front of you that to me is another character i would imagine of giftedness or savantism or whatever we're calling the frosted donut today
0: right so that he was more like uh a, like, a, like just, a, the monks do you know where they slow their heart rate down or stop their uh, heart
1: yeah yeah and it, it oh was, my bad. gosh it was, it was incredible and i was I, I mean i don't even know how to explain this that whole event it was uh it was really cool because everybody on that panel was so bizarrely good at what they did. Wow. And I didn't get to close the show, but I got to go on before the closer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not even gonna tell that story because it could haunt me someday. Oh, but it okay. Was, it was amazing. I didn't expect the results. They were so darn good, it surprised me. But on well, what was I gonna say in reference to that? Um,
0: Gosh, um, darn well, we were talking about the, you know, the savant's, be, you know, that oh, being a yes, savant animal. Um, yeah.
1: So, I, I didn't get to close the show, is what I was saying, and um, the whole evening of events was absolutely, I mean, you learn something about probably every item of giftedness in a six-hour event or whatever.
0: Right. Was that televised?
1: I, it, I don't believe so. And I don't know why it wasn't. I would, right. I would imagine licensing agreements. I have no idea how that works. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have been funded. Who knows? Well,
0: um, uh, well Dr. Trefford said there was, only, there were only around a hundred prodigious savants in the world or or 50 acquired savants. So you're in a very small group, you know, I mean, it's, it's a very prestigious group to, yeah, it
1: be, to is. accidentally bump into so to speak you know i'm happy um, i grant you know ran into this circle of folks it's been yeah it's been a trip it's been a blessing it's been learning it's been everything all in one kind of nutshell you know
0: you sound like you've you've taken it in stride and really handled it like like a glass definitely have full it's overflowing really if you what it sounds like to me is if you've got this wonderful music in your head going all the time it must be wonderful as well as you know i'm sure it has its challenges somehow or another but
1: it does Um. it's and thank you that's a compliment and i i thank you for saying that i i've kind of come to terms with with the whole thing and i try my very best not to or to rec- not to recognize some of the harsh elements that come with it, you know, the memory issues. I come out of a grocery store, you know, after this car accident and I can't remember if I drove or if I uh, was driven. Right, <laughs> or oh. what color the vehicle is that I may have driven there. Oh, wow. So I've, been, I've been, you know, in cognitive therapy for, uh, I don't know, several months during the last 18 months, so you know, I think dealing with those those sideshow items is what you have to focus on. And I do my best to just kind of say, "Hey, it is what it is. Uh, let, let's do what you can still do. Carry on." And um, you know, I'm I'm here for a couple simple reasons, and that's to guide my children to the to the best best position in space on this planet, leaving the smallest footprint they can. Right. And the other item is simply to serve others. You know, the rest in in between is, is just travel, eat and uh, do what you have to do to pay your bills. Right. Right. I just happen to love all three areas because my job as an artist or a performing musician is my dream job. Yeah. And I, it allows me the freedom to work when I, when I want to, or when I have to, and, um, I, my focus is on my children, my grandchildren, the new podcast and the streaming show. I mean, it's, I have so much wonderful, uh, things to look forward to that I just put the garbage on the side and, you know, roll through to the good stuff.
0: A good way to compartmentalize, Derek, and I think a good place for us to end part one of this episode. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, Mr. E.
0: I want to remind everyone that March is Brain Injury Awareness Month, so please give kudos and all the assistance you can to caregivers and all the people who are part of the support systems that are so greatly needed for folks who suffer or are recovering from brain-related injuries. Though we've treated the subject a bit lightheartedly here tonight, remember very few victims of brain injuries are lucky enough to end up with any benefit to their injury at all. And though Derek's story, his journey, and his acquired musical gift is inspirational, even it has its downside, as he himself has explained to us a bit here tonight. I ask everyone to check out the podcast description for links to some of Derek Amato's other online videos and information, a link to his new podcast, Jason and the Accidental Savant, and a link to Derek's book, My Beautiful Disaster, available on Amazon.com. I invite you to investigate this most interesting and miraculous phenomenon regarding the human potential. Check out the links in the podcast description for information on some other savants that Derek and I mentioned tonight, some that he's actually met. And keep a lookout for part two of this episode for more of Derek's amazing story. Stay tuned after the show for the Gray Matter Jukebox featuring Derek's single, The Script, with Mandy Harvey, and a few other snippets of Derek's inspirational work to help you chill out for the day and also understand what all the fuss is about. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and don't stray too far because we may be crazy, but we just may be the lunatics you're looking for. Turn out the lights, and good night, everybody.
2: The Grey Matter Radio, Hour. The Green Matter Radio Hour is a satirical sci-fi comedy
0: variety talk show. The opinions used in conspiracy theories expressed on the program are solely for entertainment purposes and should in no way be construed as fact. Listeners are urged to do their own research and draw their own conclusions on the topics discussed. All material copyright Global Pandemic Productions 2020. Closing music by the All Human Parts Orchestra. Available on both Bandcamp and Soundclick.com.
2: We can change We shouldn't We can